Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the All-American Brit Podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I am your host, Johnny McEwen. There it is. We've had it. The 2021 Masters has crowned its champion, a new major winner, the first Japanese winner of a major championship, the first Asian man to win at Augusta. Hideki Matsuyama is your 2021 Masters champion. He was the low amateur 10 years ago, and now 10 years to the date, he was back in Butler Cabin, this time being awarded a green jacket. Uh, the Masters just concluded. It is Sunday here, and I'm joined by my good friend, Matt Moretz. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, Johnny. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's exciting to be, uh, to be back with you on Master Sunday. It's a pleasure to have you here on Master Sunday. It was... Uh, it was. It's always a great. I mean, it felt like a bit like deja vu in a way. We we had a Masters just a, a couple of months ago. Of course, twenty twenty Masters was cancelled and rescheduled to November. We've only had to wait five months. I feel like the wait's going to feel a lot longer for next year's Masters. But DJ set the record of twenty under, and uh, Cam Smith shot four rounds under seventy. Never been done before. And I think, unfortunately, there kind of has to be an asterisk next to that November Masters, just because when you see the place in April, it just played so different. And I'd love to get that as, as your opening thought, Matt. What did you make of the big differences between November Masters and, of course, the traditional April Masters? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the way that the course was playing the first couple of days, certainly before they had the rain on Saturday, was as as difficult as I'd ever seen Augusta played, at least in the last, you know, in the recent years. Balls were not, not holding on greens. Um, guys were having a tough time uh, with approach shots, um, and obviously putting's always been uh, a tricky thing at Augusta National, um, but certainly uh, on Thursday and Friday, it was problematic for everyone um, with shots into the green uh, and around the green. It seemed like everyone had like one one day where they were just really hot, and then it was kind of challenging the rest of the way. Uh, the, you know, the the seven under was was the kind of the number that people hit, and then it was just about sticking around from then on. Of course, Justin Rose did that on day one, and Hideki had an incredible day as well. And then it was just about sticking to it today on Sunday. What did you think of her, uh, of Matsuyama's finally, you know, kind of claiming a, a major victory, a, a big victory in his career and having the nerve, showing the nerve to claim it on Sunday. I mean, listen, the, if you're, lo- if you are somewhat of a, um, a moderate golf fan and you're looking at the leaderboard at the end of the day and you didn't watch the coverage, you might think this was a pretty close tournament. And, uh, it certainly didn't seem that way. Um, on Thursday night, after Justin Rose came out with a 65, and it certainly didn't seem that way uh, at, at the turn with Hideki taking a five-shot lead. Um, and a five-shot lead in any tournament um, is almost uh, is it's almost a, sh- a sure thing. But um, 
looking at the leaderboard now, uh, as I'm looking at it here, it, it, it seemed like a closer race than it was. Uh, Matsuyama kind of had it in the bag all day long and bogeyed the last and, and made it uh, a one-shot victory. And that's the thing that I always say is that there's, you know, you finish, the, you finish Saturday's round with a, with a four-shot lead. You know, that, that, that's all well and good, but there's a lot of golf left. And even at the turn, um, there's Eamon Corner. Uh, holes 10 and um, and 16 are very difficult as well. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of challenging golf to be played. It's such a tough finish, and you know, at what, like you said, at one point he had five shots. It felt like you know, it felt like he had 10. I mean, it felt like the field was so far behind him, which is not how you kind of want a, a, a Sunday. You know, the back nine on a Sunday at Augusta. You know, if it's one, two, three shots, and it can be anybody's game. And and all week it was talked about how. The field is wide open, and like I said before, it seemed like everyone had their day. Justin's was Thursday, Hideki's was Saturday, um, and then it, you know Jordan's was was Friday. I think you know he had a, he had an amazing day. He was never quite as in it um, as you know Zalatoris or Shoffley or but you know there were tons of guys in the hunt who just needed to have a good day and then hold their nerve and i think Matsuyama did exactly that he held his nerve he looked he looked really nervy on some of his shots uh, he backed off a couple of them and he's known for his kind of really slow tempo backswing and the kind of pause at the very top he's been working with a coach recently to try and get rid of that did you see anything new in Hideki Matsuyama today or i mean we've been we've been treated to him as a pro since he was 19 i mean it's been 10 years in the making this major championship for him did you see a new side of Hideki today? Uh, no. I mean, I, I've always kind of said that Hideki Matsuyama is um, an extremely talented golfer. And I think that it was only a matter of time before he claimed a, a major championship. He's not necessarily come close necessarily, um, like a Mark Leishman or a Lee Westwood, where it's been, you know, a lot of close calls, but he's always been in the hunt. And um I think it was a matter of time before he got one. Uh, he's always played well at Augusta. You know, nobody, nobody really, the, the thing that I wanted more than anything um, personally was a good tournament. I think everybody can agree on that. And uh, I don't necessarily love when, when guys run away with a lead. It makes for a little less exciting golf. And I think we got a little bit, a little bit of excitement on 15 when Matsuyama uh, flew the green there. And it was funny. I was, I was thinking, those trees and behind 15 almost act as like a mental barrier for players uh, because I don't think people realize uh, how, how treacherous the back of that green is. If they shave that down, you know, you, you go long on that green and you do it essentially what Hideki did, which was fly it into the pond on 16. And I think that those trees there, what is three or four trees um, looming in the back of 15, almost act as a mental barrier for, for guys hitting their approach, you know, hitting their second shot into 15 um, and to basically take the water in 16 out of play when it's very much in play. And we saw that today from Matsuyama going for it in two, which I was very surprised at. And I think Xander said it in his post-round interview, he was very surprised as well that he's that Hideki would go for that in two with, I think he had maybe a three or four shot lead at the time. As a golfer, if I have a four shot lead in the golf tournament, on six, on 15, I'm laying up short of the water. I'm hitting an approach shot in. Um, but then, you know, the beauty of Augusta national is that you, if you lay up short of the water, you have 60, 70 yard shot in and, uh, 
could easily spin that back into the water. So it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult call to make as a player. Um, I don't know if necessarily Matsuyama's decision was the right one. He won the tournament. so I guess, I guess uh, all's well that ends well, but it certainly became interesting. And it was interesting to see, you know, anybody who's played this game uh, knows that club selection is so key and uh, committing to a club and committing to a yardage is so important and so crucial. You saw Xander and his caddy, um, who was a, a teammate of his at San Diego State. And as, uh, as a San Diego boy myself, I was pulling hard for Xander Shoffley, um, who's also a San Diego boy. You saw him deliberating with his caddy about the club selection between a seven iron or an eight iron and talking about wind direction. Um, you know, it's 184 yards to the pin and, and that's, it's not an eight iron. Um, I don't care how much adrenaline's running through your veins. I don't care how far you can carry it. And, you know, Xander's chasing. So he, he's definitely going to, you know, he's go, He's going for the pin. He's not going to, you know, bail out right at all. But what I loved about Xander's play and, and, and Xander's resolve was he committed to the club even though it was the wrong club, he committed to the club and he committed to the eight iron and he frankly hit a good shot. It was online. It just wasn't the right club. Um, and so I think that shows a lot of character. And I think that shows a lot of, shows a lot of maturity on Xander's part. And um, again, I think it's only a matter of time before Xander gets it done. We've been spoiled for moments at Augusta, you know, the back nine on a Sunday, there's so many of them, but I think the, the biggest moment was on the tee box at 16. Matsuyama had just had trouble on 15 and, and, and that moment where, where Xander put it in the water, that was a kind of big defining, I think looking back on it now, that's a, bit, a defining moment of the tournament and a defining moment for Matsuyama to come through and, 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 and win. You, I saw in an interview after as well with, with Shoffley, he talked about how the, the wind was kind of whipping and he, he had hit a good enough shot, but it wasn't the right club. You, you're absolutely right. It's not the, not the right club there. That's a seven iron for sure. But then when he got to the drop zone and he hit a nine iron, he cleared the green because the wind had switched the other direction and forced it over the back, you know, and so he had a real, you know, had a lot of trouble on 16 there. I, I thought it was a, a, a really interesting finish ultimately, and, and I think Hideki deserves a ton of credit for holding his nerve and becoming the first Japanese champion. A lot happened this week, and I'd love to talk about some of the the big events. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of the week. And a story early was that Brooks Kepka had an unbendable knee. He had just had knee surgery three weeks before. Um, Brooks ultimately missed the cut, shooting five over, same as the defending champ, Dustin Johnson. Um, It's quite impressive, considering that he had surgery a few weeks earlier. Augusta's the toughest walk all year on tour, so hilly and undulating. What did you think of Brooks' decision to play this week? I mean, Tiger played in 08 at Torrey and did pretty well uh, with the knee injury. So I think, uh, I don't think if, if he's not going to hurt it any worse, then uh, I don't see why he wouldn't play and, and give it a go. And, and I, I think it's, I think it's quite impressive that he, that he finished at five over a lot of the guys who missed the cut, but it surprised me a lot. Um, Dustin Johnson being one of them, but, but Rory has always been a big question mark for me as well at Augusta because his game suits suits the course so well he plays that high draw he's extremely accurate when it comes to driving long when it comes to driving uh i just think his his putting is the thing that that creates his downfall but uh i was i was quite surprised to see that he didn't play well as long as well as as well as brooks kepka all you know all things considered 
we're going to get into the cut line, and there are quite a few notable names on the bottom of that list. Um, I, you know, I always, I, I thought Brooks. Yeah, I think it was an interesting decision to play. You know, you're absolutely right. Take a Tiger player on a bum knee. Guys play with injury all the time. It's just always a little concerning when they say the surgeon is on site. <laughs> you know, the, the surgeon was walking around uh, assessing Brooks as he was kind of making his way around Augusta. So it, it always makes me a bit nervous when the surgeon still needs to be there. But, you know, what are you going <laughs> to Another one of the early stories uh, at Augusta and one of the biggest stories in the game of golf in the last five years has been about distance and reckoning with distance uh, in the field. Guys are hitting the ball longer than ever. Averages across the field are way up. And you've seen all of the majors deal with this increase in distance in different ways. The way they set up Wingfoot to play really long, crazy rough. And uh, I reckon Kia was, you know, the PGA this year is going to do that too. They're going to play really long. And Augusta um, has grown in length over the years, but I think the course is kind of maxed out, and I think the membership thinks it's maxed out as far as how long it is, and they want to keep it that way. So there have been a lot of different thoughts and different kind of suggestions on ways that they can modify distance. There's been talk of a master's golf ball, a golf ball distributed by Augusta that has a, a limited flight or is modified, and it would be uniform. Every guy would play, all in the field would play with this one ball. Um, pa- President Ridley said that this would be a last resort. What do you make of the distance debate at Augusta? Uh, what do you think of a, a, a modified golf ball and to deal with this distance issue that the, the PGA Tour is reckoning with? I think distance is something that the PGA Tour and Augusta National is unnecessarily afraid of. You know, everybody talks about Bryson DeChambeau and he's maxing out his yardage, but he finished five over for the tournament, which for him, who he claims that Augusta National is a par 67 is a 10 over par finish for Bryson DeChambeau. So clearly distance is not necessarily the thing that makes or breaks uh, a golfer at Augusta National at all. Um, Rory hits at a country mile as well, and he missed the cut this week. Um, and you got a 130 uh, pound, 24 year old named Will Zalatoris going out there and, sh- and finishing at nine under par with a solo second, you know, and he's dinking it out there and his hip action is pretty good. You know, he, he, he knocks it out there, but he's certainly not, he's certainly not long by any means. And he's dinking it out there, you know, what, 280, 290, maybe 300 um, and still playing well. Augusta national, the masters is not won by hitting it a long way. Um, Augusta national, in order to play well there, um, history will show is above all mental um, fortitude and being able to mentally maneuver your way around this golf course, uh, manage your way around this golf course, and you know maneuvering your way around the greens and um, and just putting lights out and just feeling super super confident going in. And so, and you know, with all that being said, I looked at uh, Google. Um, Google maps of Augusta national, uh, just today, actually, just out of curiosity and, and found that, um, and not to blow anybody's cover here, but found that there is a section behind the 13th tee that is, it looks like they are constructing some sort of extended tee on 13, um, which I think would be interesting only because 13 is, you know, when you look at 13 and 15, you know, the two holes on the back that are, I guess you could say that they're, they're birdieable holes uh, on the back and almost uh, for sure birdies for some players. Um, there's a lot of risk or reward that goes with 15. There's not a whole lot of risk that goes with 13. 
Um, you know, you hit a high draw or cut, depending on if you're a righty or lefty, you could fly over those trees and be 160 yards in and, and just, you know, hit a nice little eight iron in and um, have a nice putt. And I think that is not necessarily um, the challenge that Augusta National wants to, wants to set forth. Now, on 15, you hit a good drive on the right side of the fairway and you have a six iron or a seven iron in, you know, you, there, there's a lot of danger that comes into play there. And that green is very, very difficult um, when it comes to uh, hitting your approach shot. Um, as we saw today, uh, and as I as I mentioned with uh, Matsuyama flying the green and uh, or potentially laying up and spinning it back uh, with his approach shot, um, there's a lot of risk that goes with that. And I think that lengthening 13 would certainly make the hole, you know, a very decent par five. And so I think that, that I good on Augusta National for if they are extending 13. And uh, I, I have no idea, and this is just speculation from what I saw on Google Maps, but. Um, but I think that would be a that would be a good play because every other every other hole in that course is is challenging and and it's not because it's long and it's not because uh, of anything distance related. It's just because the the holes are built and designed to be challenging, whether that's bunkering or um, green undulation or um, undulation period. Yeah, and and I guess the the thing that I always find peculiar is how hole 12, which is, you know, a relatively short par three, um, on the PGA tour. I think it's only 100, 150 yards or 140 yards, um, at, at most proves so difficult for so many players every year. And it's, and it's been the downfall for so many players every, uh, so many years. And it's just such an interesting phenomenon because that, that hole should be so easy for these guys. Um, but the way that the wind is situated in that, in that little pocket um, makes it so difficult to judge. Um, and I think that's the, that's the beauty and the difficulty uh, around Augusta national is the little intricacies and uh, the nuances that make that course just incredibly unique and difficult. What's your take then on the, on the master's golf ball, the idea of a, of a, a golf, a uniform across the field golf ball? Uh, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I hadn't heard that actually. You're the, uh, you're the first person that's, that's mentioned that to me. Um, I, I don't like it. I, I think that is, um, I think it's a very slippery slope um, when it comes to uh, regulation of, of players and, and the equipment that the players can use. And, you know, the governing body of golf, the USGA is, has, you know, certain rules and certain guidelines that players are all, uh, you know, able to play with and if those rules aren't um, don't have uniformity among all events during the season, because you have to keep in mind the Masters is still a PGA Tour sanctioned event. Um, so once the you know once Augusta National grabs hold of something like everybody has to play this golf ball, um, it certainly changes the dynamic um, throughout the rest of the season. I think I, I think I think I think it has pretty serious repercussions. President really said, you know, it's, it's really a, a last resort, and I'm glad that it is. But I will say, if they made a master golf ball, even if it had limited flight on it, they'd sell a ton. The master and the master X, are you kidding me? They'd sell a ton of those things. I think Augusta National financially is doing pretty well. I think they sell, yeah, they sell, they can sell a pinnacle, they could sell a pinnacle with the little logo on it and be just fine. Yeah, exactly.
talk about the tournament then from, from day one. The course was in very different shape and condition than it was in November. I think they made a, a concerted effort to make sure that the course was very different uh, just for the viewers. And you started to see some real browning on the course. You're used to a perfect, lush, green Augusta. And on day one, you saw some of the browning spots starting on this firm, firm, fast green and just all of the moisture coming out of it. And the course was really, really tough. As we talked about earlier, Justin Rose went on an absolute tear. Um, he was two over after seven and then went out and just made a ton of birdies and played great on that first day and just kind of clung to the mountain then. It was really about kind of mentally just keeping himself there. And then day two, they must have watered the greens because the browning was was gone and um, there was concern about weather, but they the, the perfect emerald green greens on day two. Spieth made a good run. DeChambeau played quite well on Friday, um, ended up making the cut. But he can't seem to figure out Augusta. And, you know, we're talking about distance. You know, Bryson is an incredible golfer, has, you know, a, a great deal of, of length, obviously, has proved that he can be a winner multiple times, gone, you know, did an incredible thing at Wingfoot. But I think there's there's something about the adaptability and the natural feel that you need to get around Augusta. Uh, Spieth said after day two, he was, yeah, I can't remember exactly what hole he was talking about, but he said, I can't remember the last time I hit a six iron on this hole. And it's that kind of adaptability that I think Bryson lacks. He talks about how not having a greens book makes it very hard for him to not part. You know, it's like he's doing math equations up there. He's so particular about all of everything. And he's such a mechanical, scientific golfer. That's his mindset. He's so analytical in that way. I think that the adaptability and the feel and the kind of ebbs and flows of of playing at Augusta, you, you need to be a champion that can let things roll off your back. And it seems that he's almost too fitted. What's your take on Bryson at Augusta? I think Bryson DeChambeau is like the Dallas Cowboys of the PGA Tour. And when I say that, um, I mean that he is the player that gets talked about the most preseason and he gets hyped up the most before every tournament, yet rarely meets expectations and rarely um, does what everybody thinks and says he's going to do. You know, if he's, again, like I said before, if he's coming out and saying that Augustus is a par 67 course for him, then great, you know, go out and shoot, you know, 63, 62 and dominate this tournament. But he doesn't. At the Masters, it's all between the ears just be firing on all cylinders mentally and to get, you know, to do what Hideki Matsuyama did today was extraordinary. Um, considering that he went, you know, he had a bit of a meltdown on 15 to mentally maneuver yourself around this golf course is so difficult. I remember a few years ago, um, Patrick Cantlay took a lead. Uh, I think it was actually 2019. He took a lead, uh, by eagling 15 and uh, I think he looked up at the scoreboard and I think he went, he finished bogey, bogey, bogey and just completely lost reins of his game because he saw his name at the top of the leaderboard being sort of a, um, a novice at the masters and kind of got scared a little bit and, uh, and kind of fumbled his way into the clubhouse. And so I think to win here and to, to do well here, the importance is not necessarily distance or how far you can hit it or, you know, how well you strike your irons. Um, it's, it's, it's mental fortitude, uh, period. I, you know, and that, and that's, that's my opinion. And, and, um, and I, I think that, you know, you look at the past winners and 
these guys are, 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 are guys who come into the week confident in their game, confident in their playing ability, but also confident in their mental strength. And we know that, you know, the best uh, mental player of all time has won it now five times, Tiger Woods. And, you know, you knew when he came to Augusta National and he was thinking, there's no way I'm not going to win this. Um, even in 2019, he was trailing Molinari almost all day and just kept his composure all day long and got it done. And I, and I think that's, that's really what it takes. Absolutely. The mental fortitude is, is, is crucial and, and, and your game's got to be there too. You know, Zach Johnson, previous champion, missed the cut this week. Sergio Garcia missed the cut this week. Um, and some of the brightest stars in our game missed the cut uh, of the Masters this week. Max Homer, Daniel Berger, who was talked about a great deal. Um, Kevin Kisner, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood, um, Rory McIlroy, I mean, a huge list. Patrick Cantlay, who you just mentioned, uh, Matt Wolf would have missed the cut, but he also was disqualified because he, he put a wrong score in. I mean, just some of the biggest names in our in our game, and it, and it goes to show they they talked about it at the very beginning of the week. It was wide open. It's a real test, and it always is. And Matsuyama had his day on Saturday, uh, moving day, and he made the big move, and ultimately the move of the tournament on Saturday thrust himself to the top of the leaderboard, seven under on the day. Only bogey-free round of the tournament for any player, which I thought was an incredible stat. That Saturday was the only time, any, only player that, that didn't make a bogey all four rounds out there. Uh, the delay in with the rain, I think it was like a 35, 40-minute delay or something like that, and it didn't affect Hideki at all. He came out great. And so it was all about Sunday now and kind of protecting this four-shot lead that started the day. It was a tough start with the tough bogey on one, but it could have been worse. And I think he got quite a few breaks. We've talked about some of them already. Uh, huge breaks on 13. The tee shot clanked around of the trees and kicked out beautifully. And then he had this five iron. And he was he was lucky to not fire it through into a, a bush because it, it, it's kind of teed up. We saw this a lot this week. The rough was not that thick, not that kind of difficult to deal with. And you could catch a flyer where it would almost tee the ball up and just pop out of there. Turning onto the back nine, Matsuyama had a five-shot lead. And, and like we talked about earlier, there were a few moments in there where it looked a little testy. Shoffley kind of had an idea at it, but it was ultimately it was all Matsuyama. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, you know, another beautiful thing about Augusta National is that it absolutely teases you because you have lies like Matsuyama had at 13. It's teed up. It's beautiful. Um, you know, you have a shot into the green, um, you know, had been a U.S. Open and, you know, overgrown rough and, and you know, tiny greens, you're just like, all right, I'm going to take my medicine. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pitch it up short, you know, 120 yards and, and, uh, and try to get up and down for par. Um, I guess in this case is par five, um, try to get up and down for birdie. Um, but it's tempting. Something that, you know, you have, you, you know, you hit a great drive on 15, for example, um, on the right side of the fairway and you, know, you think you can go at this pin and you know, you're 10 yards shorter long and it, it changes the tournament. And, you know, it's, it's why I love that they don't have super long rough and the fairways are super wide um, is because it makes it tantalizingly uh, accessible, but perilously dangerous. Um, and, uh, and I think a lot of guys uh, fall into that trap of going for things that, that be a little bit, little bit out of their reach and maybe not managing their game as well as they should. Um, an example of uh, 2019, I think I mentioned to you before how 
in a, in those last couple groups, uh, four of the five players um, hit in the water. I think it was Finau, Poulter, Molinari, and Brooks Kepka all went in the water on 12. And the only player in, uh, to not was Tiger Woods. And he played at the center of the green right over the middle bunker and, uh, and you know, two-putt par and went on his way to, to win the Masters. Whereas all those other guys went for the pin um, because, oh, it's a, you know, it's a 130 yard shot and it's an easy, you know, it's an easy pitching wedge for me or it's an easy nine or whatever it was. I'll just go for this pin and come up short or, you know, hang it out a little bit right and funnel down and, and, and go in the water. It's, it's, the, it's the beauty of the course. Um, and it kind of goes back to my argument of distance not necessarily being a factor and it being more so a, a mental game to navigate yourself around this golf course to really maximize um, your potential. I know this this tournament means a lot to you. It means a lot to me as well. Um, it means a lot to a lot of people. We we spent a couple of masters together, and and you did you did something that's very impressive. I've got you here on Zoom, and so I'm going to try and keep you honest without looking it up. I think I've seen you do this before in person. Can you name all of the flowers for the holes of all 18 holes at Augusta National? Yeah. Do you want me to go backwards or forwards? <laughs> uh, forwards, please. No, I'll go forwards. Oh, okay. Uh, number one is T Olive. Number two is pink dogwood. Number three is flowering peach. Number four is flowering crabapple. Number five is magnolia. Six is juniper. Seven is pampas. Eight is yellow jasmine. Nine is Carolina cherry. Ten is camellia. Eleven is white dogwood. Twelve is golden bell. Thirteen is azalea. Fourteen is Chinese fir. Fifteen is firethorn. Uh, Sixteen is red bud. Seventeen is nandina, and eighteen is holly. 100%. If there were a test, Matt Moretz, you'd get an A. That is fantastic. I've, I've seen you do that in person, and now I've got you doing it on, on the show. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's the shortest wait we've ever had for a Masters, and like I said before, I feel like it's going to be a really long one until we see Augusta again. Um, what's your favorite thing about Masters Week and, of course, Masters Sunday? Well, you know, I was, I was thinking about this, um, and I was mentioning to my friend when, when we were watching the coverage, um, I've played Torrey Pines, you know, hundreds of times. And obviously the, the U.S. Open is going to be there this year. And uh, I said, I, I, I think I know Augusta National better than I know Torrey Pines um, in terms of course layout, in terms of green undulations. Uh, it's very strange how well I know a golf course that I've never laid eyes on. And I think that's what's special about it. And I think that it's, it's a tournament that means so much to these players just with the history that, that comes with it and um, the emotions that come with it. And uh, it's just so special. And, and here, I know you're not necessarily experiencing it in Los Angeles, but um, you know, here in New York, we're start the trees are starting to bloom, which is really nice. And it's the beginning of spring and beginning of the golf season. And um it's just it's a it's a very special time, which is why I guess the the, the Masters in November was so odd um, because we were coming you know coming up on Thanksgiving, uh, which felt weird to be at Augusta National um, that time of year, and you know this certainly feels special, and I and I couldn't be happier for Hideki Matsuyama, um, someone who I've watched play so much and play so well for so long, uh, do as play as well as he did um, these past couple 
couple of days and, and get it done. Um, you know, I know it means a lot to him and it's, it's really, uh, it's really, really special. Well, it was 10 years ago to the day that Hideki Matsuyama won low amateur. I remember him sitting in Butler cabin next to Charles Schwartzel, who had just won the green jacket that year. And then now here he is, uh, putting on a green jacket for himself, the first green jacket for Japan. Uh, one of the things that really struck me was, you know, he went, he turned pro at 19 and it feels like we've been watching Matsuyama for a long time because we have. And then I looked up his age and he's 29. <laughs> so that feels good because I'm 29 as well. And, and, and I've talked about this before on the show. You know, you, you, you think, oh, wow, these athletes, if, if, you know, he's been around ages. He's two years younger than me. Oh, God, that's not a good feeling. Um, but Matsuyama has certainly deserved uh, Matsuyama certainly deserved everything that has been given to him so far. And, and he's gone out and he's won himself a green jacket. He will be a legend forever. I love the Masters and I love talking about the Masters with you. So thank you so much, Matt. The next major, PJ Championship, the Ocean Course at Kiowa. Another major champion will be crowned on the 23rd. And uh, I hope you can join me for that. You interested? Absolutely. I'm always interested in talking uh, talking golf with you, Johnny. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it, pal. I want to thank Matt again for joining the show, and I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our Masters special. For the All-American Brit podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network, I am your host, Johnny McEwen. Be sure to follow me at AABritPod on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.